Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at SKNR.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. You can also catch us on Sci-Fi Radio, as well as various outlets. You can catch us on the radio, as well as on Facebook, on BJ Shea's Geek Nation's page, and more. And, of course, we have our quarterly magazine, as well as some fantastic, great stuff on Pinal Central, P-I-N-A-L Central.com, keyword skewed, which is a network of newspapers that we do game reviews for. I'm joined, as always, with Justin, Michael, and, of course, Joey Z. And we've got a quick-hitting show for you today, where we're going to be hitting up the latest news in gaming, as well as the world of movies. So before we swing into the movie news, folks, I wanted to start off with a bit of news that came out today and discuss it with the group. And this was, uh, you know, as you hear this, folks, we know it's a day or two down the line, but I wanted to um, bring this to your attention. So uh, Starfield, Bethesda, Xbox, they're having a bit of a contest, and this is fairly unique. They partnered with the European Space Agency to give players a chance to win a spacesuit of their dreams. Fans are asked to submit a visual illustration of their spacesuit design and details on the inspiration behind it. At the end of the contest, the submissions will be reviewed and a winning design selected, and one that truly gives the phrase uh, out of this world a new meaning. The winning design will be fabricated into real life and created as a wearable, one-of-the-kind garment. So, uh, talk about having your cosplay already figured out for San Diego Comic-Con and other things. Let's go down the line. Uh, we will start with uh, Justin. What do you think of this, and do you have a... Uh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't ask you to submit a design because we don't want someone taking it. But if you want to uh, throw it out there, go right ahead. <laughs> uh yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's it's a cool contest. Uh, I'd like I'd like to see what people come up with as far as uh, kind of unique designs for for spacesuits. I mean, that's kind of right up my alley. Uh, you know, um, I guess what I would probably do. I don't have any great ideas right now, um, but I would probably just draw inspiration from some of my uh, some of my favorite sci-fi uh, series and and see and you know trying to see uh, something done uh in real life you know from maybe like a video game or something that would be pretty cool so um i'm surprised you didn't think of an alien or a predator inspired design yeah i mean that's actually where my my mind went went first but uh yeah the suits from alien um are already kind of like real like there's already props for those um now Granted, uh, and this is a, a little bit of a, a trivia, and I'm, I'm sure you guys know this, um, but maybe some of our listeners don't. Uh, for most of the shots with the suits, they were actually done with children because the the suits were very well. I think I think what it was was any of the shots where they were walking around the um, the pilot in the derelict; those were children because the set because of the size of the set they couldn't use um the actual actors or or adults because it was it was too small so like to get the scale right they uh they made smaller versions of the suit and then those are actually kids walking around um so just a little bit interesting trivia there but uh 
yeah so uh, i guess where my mind literally went first was the the suit from alien but i thought well i mean that's already that already kind of exists so i guess maybe an updated version of that would be cool i mean it's kind of got that uh it looks sci-fi but it's kind of got a bulky kind of realistic design to it as well so maybe just an updated version of that would be pretty cool um but where my this is my second thought was something from mass effect maybe mass effect has pretty cool Ooh, suits. nice mass effect has pretty cool suits so um yeah there's all sorts of options michael what do you have I'm gonna go a little bit darker and go Dead Space. Maybe oh, there we go. Oh, okay. That's Isaac's weird. suit that would be real. In how they would make that into a real looking suit, what would that look like compared to the uh, video game uh, version? But I think that would be a pretty cool um, suit to have around. That absolutely would. Joey Z, what do you have for us? Yeah, I kind of agree with Michael. I think Dead Space would be great. Um, I'm actually looking at some of the Starfield suits right now, and they're almost a little too realistic for me. So I'm thinking maybe a Batman space suit would be pretty cool. Like there you Like a utility go. belt and stuff, you know. If you really get that creative juices flowing for those kids, especially if they're going to be entering these contests. Because as we said, I mean, I can't imagine a better contest, you know, coloring contest type thing to enter when you're, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old trying to win your own space suit. That'd be pretty cool. It would be. And the only thing I'm curious about is, is this going to be one of those things that due to licensing issues, you're going to probably have to stay in the Xbox slash Bethesda universe. So like, for example, could you do Call of Duty or Diablo or Overwatch because it's part of Xbox or would you have to stay with Bethesda? Now, I am going to take a bit of a shot here because it, in a humorous way. It'd be very easy to say, oh, I'm going to do a Fallout one. I'm going to do an Elder Scrolls one. Justin, I think you would easily say, hey, let's do a Doom one. Let's do a Quake one. Um, then there's the sarcastic side of me. It says, why not go topical and just do a Redfall one? But, you know, <laughs> one, one way or another, you do have options. Now, before we move on on that, I did want to touch on, did you guys hear the Quake 6 rumor that is going around? No, I haven't heard this. Okay, so this one is, like, really obscure, and in that, you got way too much time on your hands uh, thing. So you may remember last week, the Indiana Jones game was, Indiana Jones The Great Circle was previewed as part of the Xbox Developer Direct. And as you know, when they put these things out online, there are people that stream over these things every little bit, frame by frame, looking for any single bit. Well, there's this photo op, and during one of the scenes, they um, showed a whiteboard at the Machine Games official office, and it was done during the gameplay reveal. So in the corner, you see AKA6 and the Quake logo right behind it, or right underneath it. And there are people saying, well, there is no, there has been no Quake 5. How can they be doing Quake 6? And someone says, well... Technically, you could say Quake Champions was Quake 5, and here you go. But there, it's very funny because it is very clearly the Quake symbol, and right above it you see AKE 6. So it's got everyone buzzing that that was them secretly dropping in a microsecond flash that you had to stop the frame and look at that there is a Quake 6 in the works and Machine Games is doing it. So a little bit of a funny what if. Now, the other thing I wanted to add really quick from Game Air, I can't believe I uh, forgot about this, 
but uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is coming. We had news this week uh, that the Joker would be a playable or a, a character in the game. Some people have said, you know what, the look is a bit different, but it is going to indeed be a part of it. So what do you guys make of this one? We'll start with Joy Z. I mean, Joker is one of the more famous characters, uh, you know, especially the DCU universe. So it doesn't really surprise me. Um, I, I am reading the article right now, bringing him back from the dead, as they're saying. Uh, good choice. This this uh, game needs some buzz. I mean, I'd only be getting more negative reviews from what I've seen. And even one of my favorite uh, YouTubers has pretty much said, hey, I love the Suicide Squad. I'm a DCU fan, but I can't get behind this so far. So, you know, this is a, a good move, I think, on their part. Okay, uh, Michael, what do you think? Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I think they are doing this as they try to get a little bit of hype and a little bit of excitement around it. At the end of the day, I don't know that it's going to make any difference as far as the reception of the game or how the gameplay goes. Uh, but again, I think this is just another way to try to maybe get a little bit more excitement behind it, maybe get a couple of more sales out of it. But um, unfortunately, it sounds like it's it's kind of already... <laughs> gone the way of not not being well received even before its final release so so yeah i think even even with this i don't think it's gonna matter okay and justin what do you have yeah i i agree with that i think that there are some fundamental issues with with the game uh we've spoken about before that uh um it, it seems like there there's some pretty foundational problems with it that Hopefully, maybe uh, over time they can fix maybe with DLC patches, things like that. I mean, obviously we've seen some um, some pretty incredible turnarounds for games that had very poor receptions at launch, but ended up kind of turning it around, uh, you know, much later in its life cycle. Uh, so I wouldn't write it off completely just yet, but um, I I I think this is something that will you know it will generate some hype, it will generate some buzz. It's a good it's good. Um, you know, for the game to kind of add, uh, you know, some characters that are very popular. But uh, if the, the gameplay loop is has some issues, then that's really going to drag it down. Um, so hopefully, you know, it, it ends up, you know, turning it around eventually. But uh, um, but yeah, I don't think this is going to be enough. I'm curious if like the whole inspiration behind it was to essentially say, okay, let's uh, have people play as Joker and Harley and, you know, have them in action together and that sort of thing. Because uh, if you remember, one of the biggest knocks on it, even before we saw gameplay, was all the reveals about, oh, hey, it's going to have loot boxes or the equivalent thereof and all of this stuff. So uh, them coming out and saying, hey, the Joker is not only free, it is going to be a playable character. Like you said, it's it's an attempt to build buzz, so we'll see how it plays out. So, gentlemen, buzz. Uh, interesting choice. To no surprise, Universal Pictures has reportedly hired uh, David Cope to write a script for an all-new Jurassic World film. Uh, apparently, the film is deep in the development stages and is uh, getting enough well-liked discussions from the studios that they could have it into production and ready to go as early as 2025. Now, from what I've been able to hear is that it might be a new era with the new storyline, so it won't fall up uh, Jurassic World, so meaning Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, 
so on and so forth, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, so on, but they may be free to jump in and out. Um, it isn't a reboot, but it, it's essentially going to continue the events beyond Jurassic World Dominion with um, new characters and new storylines. No, no shock, they had a big gap between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. The world films had made over a uh, ton of money, so I could see no shock that they want to get right back to the well soon. Uh, we'll start with you, Justin. Are you surprised that this is coming out this quickly? No, I'm not surprised. Like you said, they've the movies have been very successful financially. Um, that said, you know, just from my my personal perspective, and um, you know, I I think they have been a little bit mixed. At least the last couple have been a little bit mixed on reception. Uh, obviously, if they make money, then that's ultimately what matters the most. Um, to uh to the producers who are um gonna decide whether to greenlight another project um to me though i i think one of the issues that the the franchise has had for a little while is that the 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 core concept kind of played itself out a little bit um there's you know you had jurassic park um which really you know based on the novel it it uh it's really if you kind of boil it down it's a uh it's a, a classic tale of um of hubris causing a uh um an amusement park going awry kind of kind of thing which um uh also is pr pretty much what westworld was about as well but um when they rebooted it effectively rebooted it with jurassic was jurassic world right the the first kind of reboot uh from like 2014 ish uh i get i get the names mixed up but uh when it was rebooted they kind of you know tentatively did the same concept again and it worked really well i actually liked that movie quite a bit but um once they kind of released the dinosaurs and they they're kind of running around the earth uh i i it was it was definitely like a natural progression of where the story would go but it's gone so far away from its its original core concept that uh, I I sort of feel like it's played itself out. So I'm I'm curious to see what they will do to try to reinvent the the formula, try to add some some flavor to it, add some uh, you know some uniqueness. Uh, so I, I I'm actually a little bit reassured that they're kind of going in a new direction. Uh, with it so hopefully it's it's uh, interesting and you know with new characters too i think that's also a good opportunity to kind of uh reground it into you know maybe something that's a little more familiar okay and michael what is your take on all this so it's, it's interesting i i don't know if anybody else has watched the camp cretaceous uh, uh uh animated series that was on I netflix have. I've only gotten through the first couple seasons, but I kind of like that take, not necessarily from just the kid's point of view, but the idea that when Jurassic World was shutting down and everybody was evacuating, they kind of got trapped there. And and while that would kind of have to take, they've kind of done that a little bit with the other Jurassic Park movies, but I kind of like the idea of, you know, being left behind in the park while everybody else evacuates it after it's kind of shut down. Because I, I agree, I, I, it's it's hard to, if they want to continue the story where they've left off, you know, because we have a couple things. One is with the Jurassic Park series, 
they kind of went back to the different islands where the other parks were kind of being in development. And they had Jurassic World where they kind of reinvigorated the world, the whole amusement park theme. And then they're kind of out in the world, out and about in the world now, which kind of takes it to its, I think, conclusion, but kind of takes it away from the park setting. Uh, so I would almost be inclined to think that it, it would, it might actually be a better to kind of intermix it in between the Jurassic World and Jurassic World 2, similar to what they did with Camp Cretaceous, where there are still kind of people or, or dinosaurs are still part of in that that general vicinity of the of the park where it existed and, and have it take place there. Because again, at that at some point we're kind of back to where Jurassic Park um two kind of left off, kind of going into three where you know they, they brought the Tyrannosaurus to San Diego and then they kind of had that whole piece and then Jurassic World where oh we're back in the amusement park thing again and oh now we're back in the real world again. Uh otherwise I just kind of see us repeating the same storyline maybe just bigger and, and bolder than they've done before so if they want to continue it from where they left off with dinosaurs in the world that again that i like i like the idea of that but that takes it away from what that entire storyline the whole amusement park storyline was which is why i thought jurassic park and jurassic world the first one i thought both of those made that premise really interesting and exciting but they kind of lost sight of that uh, in both trilogies, kind of as they moved on to the next films. Interesting. And Joey Z, what do you got for us on this? It's a it's a smart move. It's what I would expect. Uh, we're ten years from essentially the first reboot of the. They were talking about Jurassic World, and you know the story itself is is a one that just doesn't die. You know, it's it's always going to be a great one to tell of you know through a child's perspective of going to a new world where things go wrong and it's a thriller and there's an adventure involved. Uh, you know, it's funny. I thought, wouldn't it be great if the whole premise is now it's all in VR and the dinosaurs are coming to life in real life in VR and they're scaring the kids, you know? It's, that's where we're at with the technology, I feel like. Because they tried to do bigger and badder in the last series where the dino can camouflage and now it can attack you. And it's, I just don't know exactly where, the, where it can go from here, but I think it'll be successful regardless just because of how good that core story is that they have. I think one of the biggest issues that they need to combat is the whole notion of no matter what you do with the storyline, I like the fact that they were dancing around with, hey, we're creating genetically engineered new breeds of dinosaurs. And I like the fact that they had the bit where, ooh, there's this illegal selling of dinosaurs going on and buying and selling, and they're creating even more dangerous varieties out there. Uh, but at the end of the day, it always comes down to, these things are on the loose, people running from them. That gets old after a while. I thought they were creative with, hey, let's have them chase uh, Chris Pratt around on a motorcycle. Let's have them attack an airplane. Let's show them out in the Well, they're trying to be creative, but at the end of the day, you still have that whole situation. Now, uh, Godzilla has been able to get away with that for decades. But again, you come down to you got to make it interesting. You got to make them care about what's going on. So, we'll, you know, we'll see how that plays out. The next thing I wanted to discuss is rumors that are going around about the new Spider-Man film. Supposedly, and I'm not talking about the animated one, a new rumor has uh, come out saying that Sony and Marvel are at a bit of an impasse over the tone of the next film. Supposedly, through the Spider-Man News website, Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige, as well as Tom Holland, 
want a more grounded story for the next film uh, to step away from the hyperactivity of the multiverse film. They say, however, that apparently uh, to the point of even bringing in Kingpin and introduce, uh, you know, having him in the Spider-Man film as a major threat or at least a big player. That being said, apparently Sony is very big on bringing back Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and doing another multiverse spectacle with Tom Holland. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. We'll start with you, Joey Z. What do you make of all this? Well, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I think that, you know, I grew up with Tobey Maguire. He's my favorite, and I loved seeing them all back in the last movie. But I don't really know if I want to see them dip into that again. Uh, You really have to have a solid storyline to explain why they would be there fighting, I guess, some villain that is, you know, multiverse worthy of fighting. Uh, I do understand why Tom probably wants to go into more, I want my own movie, let's go get me a good villain, let's make this more of a Spider-Man can live long-term, you know, especially since I imagine he's making a great payday from these regardless, but I think that, you know, wanting to solidify his uh, reign of Spider-Man and supposed to, you know, kind of sharing the role, this next one makes sense. I I I'll see it regardless. I mean, I think it's going to be great. They'll probably end up fighting over it for a little while, but I, you know, I haven't been a huge fan of where the MCU's gone with the multiverse stuff, so that's probably why I'm a little biased towards wanting to see Spider-Man maybe fight Kingpin, especially since we got, I think, D'Onofrio came back for the uh, Daredevil stuff and for Echo. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping that, uh, you know, if he were to play a, 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 that role again it with Spider-Man, I mean, I'd be ecstatic. Uh, that, you have me sold there. Perfect. And, Michael, what do you have for us? Yeah, I agree. Now, I mean, I like, I like what they did with No Way Home with the whole bringing them in from other universes and having the, the different villains from the different universes and the different Spider-Man. Don't get me wrong. I thought that was cool, but they did that. You know, what are we going to do it again? Uh, you know what I mean? It's, and I, I don't know that I want, I don't, this is going to sound kind of biased, but I don't know that I want Sony driving the direction of the Marvel characters, given how Venom has gone, given how, um, you know, the other ones, even Craven the Hunter, I'm not, so sure is going to work out so great. What um, about Madam Web? <laughs> yeah, I, you know what I mean. I, and again, this yeah. is—it's just, in my opinion, and not that and I'm not saying the way the Marvel franchise and and MCU has been perfect recently. I, we've we've had some disagreements there, but I I think the one area where they've been really solid is with the the Spider-Man movies, and um, I think Tom Holland does an amazing job. And we've already we're already kind of doing the animated movie um, across the Spider Verse again. Those are fantastic um, with Miles Morales. None of this is that you know those that the multiverse stuff doesn't work. But again, we've already done the whole multiverse crossover with Spider Man and Doctor Strange, and that has been done. And I would rather get back. Let's get back to Spider Man facing off against one of his premier villains again. Kingpin's a great a great um, opportunity, I think, to kind of, again, because we're already starting to see um, Kingpin and, and Daredevil, you know, pull together back into uh, Marvel um, outside of just the Netflix films. And we've, we've gotten to see, um, both, you know, seeing them get kind of get pulled back in. So I'd rather let's get Spider-Man back to a single villain and let's, let's get back to focusing on, on that storyline. Again, I think the, Multiverse thing, honestly, has been done to death now. I think it's time we move on from that. Um, and again, not just Spider-Man, 
Um, but you know, with Ant Man, you know, again, the whole um, Doctor Strange. I understand that was kind of the premise and where they were going with the MCU. Fine, let's finish that as part of the MCU. But I don't think we need a whole multiverse Spider-Man movie again. I, I think it's time to to let's get back to basics with what works. That's not to say that we can't um, have some some other Marvel characters make cameos. But again, and this is nothing against Tobey Maguire, because again, I grew up on those movies. Again, I liked I liked that that whole premise. But again, it's been already done. Let's not rehash what's already been done. Hey, Justin, your take, please. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. I, um, you know, I I was also a big fan of No Way Home. I, no, no dig against that. I, no, No Way Home was great, and this also comes from you know a I, huge Spider-Man fan. I, Spider-Man has always been my favorite superhero of of all of them, and um, I agree with you guys. Uh, you know, not not to re- re- reiterate everything that's been said, but. Um, you know, seeing Tobey Maguire in that role again, it was it was special. I grew up on those movies. Um, even seeing Andrew Garfield, I mean, he was very passionate. You could tell he was very passionate to reprise the role. He did phenomenal in, in that movie. It was it was great. But I was always I was even mixed going into it a little bit. It was uh, one of those kind of double edged sword situations where I've I've never really been a huge fan of the multiverse concept with Spider Man uh in particular and I, I know it's it's something that does have precedence in the comics uh there's uh, uh there's obviously you know um some comic storylines that really center on multiverse with with spider-man um also you know the uh um the animated movies uh, as as well kind of heavily deal with with multiverse concepts with with spider-man but to me what always made spider-man spe- special was the more grounded uh, aspects of him you know he he wasn't quite daredevil um you know daredevil is very very is very grounded you know he's very street level crime kind of superhero but spider-man kind of fit very nicely in between you know the the very high kind of concepts of you know <laughs> earth shattering uh uh threats and street level crimes in new york like he sat kind of in between those two things very nicely and and in isolation he kind of works in my opinion works better uh as a character but again the uh the 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 one and done you know have those characters reprise their roles in a multiverse concept uh i think really worked with no way home but i think that's a a one-time um you know I, i i hate to use the word gimmick because it has a very negative connotation but it's you know gimmicks can be good uh, gimmicks can be really effective and that and, and in that sense it was uh but the the problem with it is i don't think you could really do that again and have it be nearly as special i, I thought what i would rather see is kind of split off and you know there was talk when no way no way home came out that uh there was a lot of buzz about you know hey maybe andrew garfield can reprise his role again you know in his own isolated movie i I know that that never really got some traction but a lot of people online talked about it and i think that would have been a really cool thing to do for sony is uh you know maybe not do a multiverse type thing but because these characters have sort of been reintroduced into like the collective mind uh of the audiences maybe you know, give Andrew Garfield like one last movie on his own. Uh, maybe give Tobey Maguire that that long-awaited 
uh, Spider-Man 4 that we never got. Um, and then, you know, kind of sp- split these off and kind of do their, their own kind of thing. Um, the issue with the multiverse, too, and I just to touch on uh, what, what's, uh, what Joey Z brought up, too, is that uh, the multiverse, I, I think, can be a little bit of a crutch uh, for, for the MCU. And it, it's worked, you know, I, I get what they're doing and it, it makes sense, but it, uh, it can be a little bit of a crutch in, in the sense that you, you, it kind of robs the stakes a little bit of each individual movie. Because if there, if there are so many iterations of each character, then when, you know, t- Tony Stark dies and it's a very critical kind of uh event that you know is heartbreaking if if he can just kind of show up again in in a new iteration it kind of robs the uh the stakes of that of that movie so that's one thing that uh, that kind of troubles me a little bit with the direction of the multiverse kind of as a as a major concept in the mcu and hopefully it just doesn't become a crutch for for their storytelling yeah, that absolutely makes a lot of sense. So I'm just very, very curious to see what they are going to do with all of this stuff, because we all know that there's just so much opportunity out there. But of course, like you said, we're going to have to see how um, Venom 3, Madam Web, and Craven the Hunter all do, because if they don't perform... Uh, then there could be a lot of attention to, look, this is the way it's going to happen. But at the same time, you know, Marvel is coming off their first film that massively underperformed. And so it will be interesting to see where um, this all plays out and how they they go forward from there. So uh, next up, Star Wars The Bad Batch. We have the final season coming in february we've got a lot of really interesting stuff to look forward to as we find out what happens with the squad how the continued rise of the empire plays out what happens to these characters disney is going to drop the first uh few episodes uh first three episodes on february 21st followed by weekly episodes up through may 1st so justin take it away what do you think of it it looks good. Um, I I haven't been as close of a follower of Bad Batch as some of the other Star Wars television shows, but I've heard a lot of really good things about it, and the trailer looks really good. Okay, and uh, Michael, what do you think? Yeah, I finished the first season. I got through part of the second season, but I haven't honestly had time either. Um, but again, I've liked I've liked what they've done so far. Um, Obviously, I need to get caught up on the second season to figure out where they're they're at because it looks like a lot's happened that I've missed out on. Uh, but with everything else that's been going on, it has not been <laughs> one of the things I've gotten back to yet. I'm, I'm sure I'll get back to it probably before the third season drops, but if not, right around that time. But but from you know the again, the, it's always been kind of a darker take on it, and I've, I've you know I've been generally pretty happy with the animated uh, shows that have come out of Disney Plus. Uh, particularly in pertaining to the Star Wars um, stuff like Rebels and and that sort of thing. So, um, again, I liked the first season. I thought it it kind of told a lot of the backstory behind the clones and Order 66, which I thought was was needed and and actually was pretty well received. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to how the the next uh, season turns out. All right. And Joey C., what do you make? 
You know, I, I'm uh, one of these. Uh, the Bad Batch is one of the Star Wars uh, products I've never actually touched. Uh, I haven't watched a single episode, but after watching this trailer, uh, it might have me hooked. Uh, there's a lot of action in it. It does look a little darker. There's a lot of lightsabers, and there's the Emperor. Uh, so it is the final season, as you mentioned. So I think that if this gets well received, I might just have to binge it one of these weekends. Make sure you watch the Clone Wars first. It, oh, okay. de it definitely spins off from the uh, Clone Wars. So definitely uh, one worth watching. So our next topic to finish out the evening, we had debated talking about the Razzies and the Oscars, but, you know, I figure those are topics that have been just really played out. Let's wait until the awards are actually given out and we can consider it. Our next and final topic today deals with Disneyland. And as you may know, uh, there's been talk about Disney's grand ambitions to upgrade the parks and so on and so forth. Now, one of the big issues, of course, is unlike Florida, where they have tons of land to still expand upon, in California, they don't have that. And one of the biggest uh, problems they've had to deal with is for something new to come in, something has to go. They did acquire a couple of hotels uh, over the years, uh, mainly because the hotels are now in the ownership of grandkids who basically said, you know what, we think we'd like to cash out rather than... Uh, having to deal with, you know, running a hotel back and forth. So uh, so it goes. Well, for those of you that need a little bit of history on this, a few years back, Disney had this plan for a brand new hotel. Uh, there were certain members of the Anaheim City Council who apparently allegedly decided they were going to make a name for themselves by, quote unquote, standing up to Disney, who, of course, is the biggest employer in that entire area. Largest uh uh, what do you call it, uh, travel destination in the world, so on and so forth. And it all came to a head because Disney had this fancy hotel uh, that they were going to add on, and they had an issue with them essentially planning to move it, even though it was still on their property, to a different location than they'd originally submitted, and they were essentially going to withhold tax breaks, so on and so forth. The whole thing fell apart. There were rumors that the area around where Anaheim Stadium is, where the Angels play, uh, could be used for a potential new park or an expansion. Lots of rumors going around. Well, just the other day it came out, Disney has committed to a $1.9 with a potential threshold of $2.5 uh, expansion of the park over the next decade. This is not the uh, one that I talked about that would go into 2040 and that sort of thing. It's part of what they're calling the Disneyland Forward Proposal. So, uh, gentlemen, let me give you a few uh, little bits and pieces of this. Uh, part of their agreement is that there is money being kicked over to the city uh, for things like, I, I heard, uh, if I, I'm maybe fudging the numbers, but essentially it was about $35 million is being kicked in for uh, low-income housing, that sort of thing, and additional money is being put in for parks and other things around the Anaheim area. So essentially, they're telling it to people, hey, uh, Disney's spending all this money, and oh, by the way, uh, as part of the deal, they're also going to be kicking in money to low-income housing. They're going to be kicking in um, money for parks. The big question I have is, you know, at first glance, I listened to that. Some people were complaining and I'm like, okay, so basically they're giving money to the city 
to build on property they already own that they're paying for out of their own pocket, and you're complaining about this. Now, obviously, the big question that I have in regard to all of this is, uh, you know, are tax breaks attached to it, which you would kind of wonder somewhere along the line they would have to be in order to, um, you know, justify this kind of investment. That being said, the investment is going to uncover uh, theme park lands, attractions, hotels, shopping, and dining west of Disneyland Drive and the Toy Story parking lot. Some of the plans will include a 17,000-space Eastside parking garage with direct connection to the I-5 freeway. It will be currently bigger than the current Mickey and Friends and Pixar Pals structure combined. Three pedestrian bridges, which will connect the east side parking structure with the parks, as well as access to the hotel, shops, and restaurant. And essentially, as I said, it's being called the Disneyland Forward. Uh, they also believe that there might be new attractions based on Tangled, Zootopia, Tron, even Peter Pan and Toy Story uh, coming to the area. Point is, Disneyland has uh, very aggressive expansion plans, and apparently... That's just covering Disneyland. There's a lot of talk that we already know there's a new cruise ship on the way. Another one is supposedly going to follow it. A lot of investment at the parks around the world. So let's start uh, with including a new home port. Uh, well, we'll get to that later. Let's start with you, Joey Z. What do you make of this, and what do you hope to see uh, in an expansion? Well, I mean, $1.9 billion is going to probably buy anything you want at this point. I mean, that's an insane amount of money. I guess we know why uh, Florida is so mad right now. But, uh, you know, I think out of all of those, the two that really capture my eye, one is Zootopia. I think especially for the kids. I mean, Zootopia is just so huge every time I talk to kids under five years old. I mean, they always have a favorite animal. And that, uh, you know, Disney theme parks are fun for any age, but they are, you know, aimed towards kids, you know. And that's why, I, you know. I think that that would be a really fun one to see. Frozen, obviously, would be a great you know, home run. I, th I think we're going to see that regardless what happens. But one of the interesting ones I saw was Black Panther. And, you know, I, had, I didn't think about that from the MCU, but that'd be a fun one to see there, too, especially if you include a ride. Uh, but And then Tron. Tron is not uh, uh, an IP I thought they would keep bringing back, but uh, apparently it's a possibility. So <laughs> Third movie started production the other day. Uh, it, that's so wild to me. And I mean, I love the Tron series, even despite the failures of the last one. But, you know, that hey, anything futuristic at this point, you know, especially something like Tron, you know, it could be a home run with one point nine billion dollars at the helm. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, 10 years, like you said, down the line, you know, we'll see exactly what it ends up looking like. But uh, this, I think, will be a win for everyone, you know, in general. I mean, everyone loves Disney and it, it would have been around since like what the mid 50s, 1950s. So. They're, they've been proven to uh, to be a staying uh, power in the area. So hopefully they do give enough back to the people around because they make something like $30 million a day or some something wild like that. So they do have to do a lot for the community because that's a lot of traffic that comes in and stuff. But uh, I'm excited to, uh, to see what comes up with it. Michael, what is your take on all this? Well, Joey just stole my thunder because he brought up Tron and that was what I was going to bring up. So now i got to think about something else. Actually, in 10 years, I probably want – people movers on those walkways because I don't think yes. I don't want to walk that far. Um, I'm even okay with the little baskets like they have already in the park going all the way over there. But, uh, but I mean, obviously Frozen has got to be on the top of their list um, because of how massive that IP has become. I mean, we could talk about um, 
all the other movies and 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 IP that Disney owns. But I and again, this is not necessarily my what I would personally want to see. But I think that's probably what a big money maker for them. Obviously, I kind of would like to see an expansion to the uh, Galaxy's Edge, only because I, I think there's a lot more room for Star Wars to expand uh, within what they have. Uh, you know, it's it's always been funny, right? Because Disneyland, I remember going back when uh, we would stay at the campground that was near Disneyland, um, and then you'd park in the parking lot and just walk into the park. Well, all that's gone now um, and, and has been for a while. So I, anytime I think they're kind of running out of room, they always kind of come up with more room to to um, spread apart. But, uh, but obviously Tron... Um, Having been a big fan of that since I first saw it in theaters back when I was, I don't know, eight, whatever, 1982 or whenever it came out. Um, I, I've always loved that franchise. Uh, again, regard, the, the, cart, the animated show was fantastic. I kind of wish we would see more of that uh, while we're waiting for, for the third Tron movie to come out. Uh, but again, I, you know, outside of when Tron used to be featured in the Pe People Mover, when you drive that right on that little... Uh, that little tram that would go around the park a little bit, and you you go into that uh, building where I think Space Mountain was, and you'd see the Tron light cycles on the screen. Um, again, this is taking showing my age because nobody under the age of forty ish is going to probably notice. But um, I would like to see more more um, of that sort of thing. Again, as much as I love Star Wars, I'd rather I I just soon see a huge uh, Tron exhibit instead. Justin, your take, please. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to see the investment, and uh, all I'll say is uh, maybe in t in ten years they'll have uh, Tron will be real, like they can actually like put you actually in into into the Tron, and you'll be on a light uh, on a light cycle. You know, it, it's sad, Michael. You talk about showing your age and talking about the people mover, and then you go and mention Tron. I was going to sit there and show my age even more on that and say, I remember writing it as a little kid when you went behind the scenes and you got the look at Space Mountain. But I remember when the tunnel had a race car simulation in it to simulate high speed. And then it concluded with Journey Through Inner Space, where they would essentially pretend to shrink you down and explore the subatomic world. That area is uh, basically Star Tours at the moment in California. So, yeah, it, it's pretty scary. Now, what I do know, and of course, again, all speculation until Disney comes out and confirms anything, I do know that one of the original plans was that Galaxy's Edge did have spacing cleared, or at least in the initial design concept, they did have an area... Uh, back behind certain things that was being considered for a potential expansion for another attraction. The one that I am very, very curious about is over at Disney's California Adventure, and specifically the Avengers Campus. So there's a building there that is indeed the Avengers building. You've got the Quinjet on top, so on and so forth. We were told back at not the last one uh, two years ago, but the prior one, which, if memory serves me correctly, was before COVID, when Disney had the showcase where they show all the new stuff that's coming all around the parks. We were told that there was an Avengers attraction, because when they opened Avengers Campus, it was always planned to have at least two 
attractions in addition to the shows and the dining. Well, obviously, the Spider-Man attraction was there. That was the ride for people when it opened. The, the other attraction they told us was essentially going to be an Avengers-style attraction. And they were very vague about it, but it was described to be multi-platform in that we got the impression that you start on a Quinjet, that much they were saying, and part of it is a light is a motion simulator. So you're thinking, okay, Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance, get where they're going. Now, the part where they really blew everyone's mind was they said, okay, at some point you have to leave the Quinjet, suit up with the Avengers, and fight a brand an, an a enemy. And so that was all they would say. And so people were like, okay, so do we leave the Quinjet and go into like a stagecraft setting where essentially it simulates like we're flying in the air or maybe with a jetpack doing some kind of combat with the enemy? And people were like, I can't see us doing a shooting thing because that'd be like what Spider-Man does. But at the same time, that does sound like a really interesting thing. And all they said was it was an innovative platform that had not been done before. They'll put you on stage and with the musical acts and start singing with the rest of the uh, Avengers musical. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the Captain America one, which ironically we did see over the summer, and it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, they they break the, down the whole Captain America story in like 35, 40 minutes, and I caught myself walking out of there singing the theme song. You know, da 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 da. I could do this all day, and so it was uh, absolutely funny. Anyway. We will see a lot of great stuff, a lot of interesting news ahead. We'll be very curious to see uh, when this is going to happen. My guess is our first taste is going to come in August when the next Disney Expo comes. Now, of course, they have not, uh, they've changed the name on it. It is not the D23 Expo. It's D23 2024. Tickets are going on sale March 22nd. Uh, excuse me, March 26th, and it will be August 9, 10, and 11 in Anaheim, California. And, of course, this is all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, and more. And this is when they make all the big reveals about what's coming to the park, what's coming to TV, what's coming to products, and, of course, what's coming to the movies, and they bring out all the stars. So, you know, lots to look forward to. That is going to do it for us today, folks. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. Hope you have a very good and safe uh, day. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon.